it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for joining us for this episode of New Horizons. This week we talk object recognition and augmented reality. We speak with Julianne Bell, who is actually a board member of Blind Citizens Australia, but uh, in this context, in her personal capacity as CEO of World Access for the Blind Australia, about an interesting Australian project. Julianne, thanks for coming back on the program. It's lovely to be here, Vaughan. I always enjoy talking to you. And we're talking about something very different on this occasion. And uh, it's interesting that uh, you and I have known each other for a very long time. And we've often talked about orientation and mobility and uh, object awareness and things like that. And and this is kind of what we're here to talk about, I understand. It is. My company, World Access for the Blind Australia, is in partnership with a company called ARIA Research. And ARIA stands for Augmented Reality in Audio. I just like that it's called ARIA because that's a vocal piece of music, so I feel very at home with it. Augmented reality has been discussed for some time, particularly uh, in, I guess, what you might term the sighted world or the general technology world, but it's not something that has very often been applied to people who are blind or vision impaired. What is it that ARIA is looking at doing that uh, makes it viable in this context? So the plan is to create a wearable device. At the moment, we're looking at a, a pair of glasses and the device will be connected to an app at the moment that's being run by a smartphone and the glasses will see things there'll be cameras in the glasses that will see things in front of us so that it will be as though you are hearing objects kind of speak to you without them actually saying anything so that you know inanimate things will will give off a sound so that you will be able to locate them ARIA is in its very, very early days at the moment. We're, we're still really looking at our proof of concept, which is one of the very early benchmarks in product development. And so at the moment, it's in a very experimental phase and we're working with four different objects in our experiments. And we can hear the different sounds of a book, a bowl, a bottle and a cup. And we can hear those objects. And when the glasses gaze at them, or when they look at them, that sound is transmitted to the little speakers in the glasses and we can actually hear the sound. Our ears are not occluded, so we're not wearing headphones or earphones, so that we're still able to hear the outside world, so we're safe. And we're certainly not saying at this stage that you would do mobility with this device without your mobility aid. But you're going to be able to, the hope is that you're going to be able to use this device in so many different circumstances. Eventually, and when I say eventually, we are talking years down the track, we'd like to be able to use it to locate people that we want to locate. Essentially, they're even hoping we'll be able to use it to read signs, we'll be able to use it to read facial expressions, we'll be able to use it to find various objects within a group of objects. So perhaps to be able to find your own individual water bottle on a table of objects. So there are all kinds of things that ARIA would like to do. The question will be how long it takes the the geniuses in the lab to be able to make it do all those things. 
So to be clear, this is not the first time something like this has been tried um, for people who are blind or vision impaired. Uh, many listeners to the program may well remember uh, 40 or 50 years ago we had the Sonic Guide. Uh, and there have been many iterations of devices that are related to the Sonic Guide and followed on from the Sonic Guide. And, and that gave people, many people, an unparalleled mm. um understanding of the three-dimensional environment including finding things on the table and finding objects nearby yes, absolutely. Um, and things like that we we have ways of um, using glasses to read text and signs and things like that we yep. have uh, apps that can be used to um, identify places um, I'm thinking things like soundscape from Microsoft yep, and absolutely uh, of course we have Ira, which is uh, a service, a visual interpreting service. Yep. I guess really what you're saying is that this kind of brings all of that sort of stuff together. But what I'm keen to understand is the design language that we're talking about here. So you're, you're talking currently about four objects that can be viewed and identified mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. uh, the ARIA program mm -hmm. or the ARIA mm -hmm. app. Yep. But it doesn't, it doesn't sit there and say to you, that's a bottle or that's a cup no. or that's a, a book. At the moment, we're using some pretty dodgy sounds in the experimental phase to represent these objects. So the book sound at the moment is somebody ruffling through the pages of a book. The bowl sound, to me, it sounds like somebody is scraping the bowl with a spoon. You know when you're getting the, the last bit of your soup or the last bit of your pasta and you're kind of scraping the bowl with your, with your spoon? The cup sound very much sounds a bit like someone's tapping a cup with a teaspoon. And the bottle sound, mm, actually, it reminds me of the bottles that used to clink together in the crate. When I was a little girl here in Australia, we used to have our soft drinks delivered by the soft drink delivery man in, in plastic crates full of glass bottles. And it sounds a bit mm. like that. So it, it's very much trying to create as close as possible lifelike sounds or realistic sounds. Now, eventually, we actually have a sound designer on our team who has worked um, in, in soundscape, in the soundscape world of movies and sound effects and, and foley. Um, so there's quite a lot of work going into the sound design of the device. So you've got the sounds that are representative of the objects, but how does that tell you what it is that you're looking at and where the object is? Oh, that's such a good question. At the moment, it's working on a, on a speed of repetition. So the closer that you are focused to the object, the faster the sound repeats. And the further away you move from the object, the sound gets slower and slower in its repetition of the sound until you don't hear the sound at all when you're not looking at the object at all. So at the moment, that's how they are telling us where the object is. Um, and it's based on where you're looking with your head and your, your eyes and your face. So you can hear that you're looking in a certain angle, you can feel where your face is looking and then you can reach out for the object because you've heard it repeat quickly, really, really quickly and you know that you're looking right at it so you can reach out. We don't quite have the distance thing yet so sometimes we think it's a bit closer to us than it is but this is all being worked out by the by the elves in the lab. We've got a lot of, we've got people who have skills in machine learning. We've got people who have skills in spatial sound. In fact, we've just hired as our chief technical officer, a man who did a lot of the spatial sound work for Dolby um, when they were first doing their inventions of spatial sound. So we've actually got some really heavy hitters on board as, in terms of our, our machine learning staff and our engineering staff. So it's pretty exciting. 
what have the thoughts been around uh, making making it accessible for people with hearing impairments? So initially, of course, we are working on people that have hearing within a certain range, but eventually ARIA will be able to assist people who do have a moderate to severe hearing impairment, possibly even a profound impairment, because they are looking at a haptic response. So eventually it won't just be a sonified environment, it may be a haptic environment. So they, they have huge plans. Um, how, how long it takes these plans to come to fruition is kind of anybody's guess. It's a little bit of how long is a piece of string. Part of it um, involves funding, but part of it just involves the big brains in the lab and how quickly they can make these things work. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. What sort of a time frame, frame are we talking about? Are we talking about, say, the next two to three years or are we talking more like five to ten? I think we're looking at a workable device within five years, a workable device, but the device will constantly be upgrading. And the plan is that ARIA will be um, available to blind users on a plan, a little bit like IRA, but it won't be a minutes plan. It will be a monthly fee that covers everything, including software and hardware upgrades. So where does the funding come from for this project? And uh, are you looking for additional funding uh, as time goes on? We're constantly looking for funding. So what we've had to do is we've had to fund it as a medical device. So it's known as a non-surgical prosthetic device in that pair of glasses. Um, because of the fact that this allows us to um, go into a whole different funding stream. And um, our understanding is that it is a device that the NDIS will fund. Now, that does sound interesting because, as we know, the NDIS does have issues with medical devices. But paradoxically, they are also telling ARIA that they won't fund it unless it has the rigour that is that is that medical devices are subjected to before they can be brought onto the market. So there is quite a paradox there. So we are going to be fun uh, funding it through various uh, government and non-government sources. There will also be a lot of venture capital funding. So our CEO is out madly looking for investors. But we do have a, a few grants at the moment and we are in the running for a few more. And then we'll be heading to a clinical trial phase. So um, it's very exciting to be in on the ground floor of something that I believe has, has a lot going for it. There's a, a lot of uh, things that are, are coming through the pipeline, I guess, and, and there have been some significant developments in augmented reality and uh, artificial machine learning over the last uh, five to ten years uh, that mm. are really encouraging, I think. We and particularly, so. you know, in terms of things like self-driving cars and things like that, you know, and all of that can be applied uh, in the context of helping blind and vision impaired people to understand their environments and uh, learn what's in front of them, how they can access different pieces of technology. Absolutely. Uh, you can, you know, bring multiple ideas together. You know, imagine how good it would be if you could have a device that would say, uh, there's a parcel at your front door, and if you pick it up and hold it, in front of you, I'll tell you who it's from. That's in our future, I think. And I think that's what ARIA is reaching for because I initially said, well, you, you guys want to do a lot. And they said, there's a lot that needs to be done. And we would like for you not to have to keep changing devices so that you can do it. Um, and mm. that, I mean, look, if they can do it, it'll be very exciting. And, and Vaughan, what I'm actually hoping to do today is 
get some some people to help us out because we're looking for expressions of interest and what we're hoping to do is create a pool of interested people interested blind and vision impaired people whom we can call on at different times so for some of our testing we really only need people that have got ultra low vision or light perception or no light perception rather than people with just sort of standard low vision but we would still be interested if anyone's interested who has low vision because we're going to be having discussion groups. We're going to have all kinds of ways in which people can help us to create a better device. So that's essentially why I've sort of come to you today to see if I can just generate a little bit of interest from our community and get people to make contact with ARIA um, and become a part of the, the ARIA buzz, the ARIA family, as it were. Tell us how people can find out more information and how people can express that interest. Well, at the moment, what we'd love people to do is to email our, our intake officer, and her name is Felicity. So they'll be emailing Felicity, F for Fred, E-L-I-C-I-T-Y, at ARIA Research, all one word, A-R-I-A, research, R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H, dot com, dot A-U. So that's Felicity at ARIA Research, all one word, dot com, dot A-U. And if people um, don't have access to an email, perhaps if they get in touch with BCA, BCA can put them in touch with me and we can make it work from there. But that's the best way at the moment is through an email. And we wish them all the best with this project. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1-800-033-660. That number again, 1-800-033-660. Or you can email bca at bca.org.au. bca at bca.org.au. Don't forget to get in touch if you have any comments about New Horizons, feedback or story ideas, new.horizons at bca.org.au is the address, new.horizons at bca.org.au. Or you can leave a message for me on the feedback box on Blind Citizens Australia's telephone system. I'm Vaughan Bennis and do take care. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream. Of our dreams